0: of that, that foundation that's built on firm, so We don't have to worry about nothing. Um, good to be here this morning. Super old Sunday, so we've got to take a poll here. Bengals? Rams? Oh man, you guys are in trouble. You guys are in trouble. Uh, hopefully it's a good game. So like I said, though, we'll get out of here in time tonight so everybody can en- get home and enjoy the game i um, really looking forward to the, that potluck dinner. That's really exciting that we're able to pay off that debt and look to the next things coming up, start planning, thinking about the future. Uh, so be praying about that. Um, anybody with a special song this morning? Nobody's jumping up. All right, we've well, got your Bibles. Turn over to the second chapter of Hebrews. So I woke up this morning feeling really old. (laughs) I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck. And in fact, his name is Jace Clark right back there. (laughs) I made the mistake of wrestling with him and Cason yesterday. Yeah, not a good idea. There's a couple times I'm like, Jace, I'm getting old. You got to take it easy on me, man. I'm getting old. So don't wrestle Jace. All right. So for the last little bit, we've been going through the first chapter of Hebrews, which has been teaching the Jewish Christians at that time to not give up. They've been going through a lot of persecutions, trials, tribulations since accepting Jesus. And the author here was going into exactly why not to give up. You know, Jesus being the Son of God, God in the flesh, God's Word the heir of all things, the creator of all things, all those reasons don't give up the hope. And it's worth it. That's All that first chapter, it's worth it. And, and Jesus is much better than anything else. Going back to you know the old law and all that, Jesus is much better. Mm-hmm. The, the Bible doesn't tell us that we're not going to be persecuted. The Bible doesn't tell us we're not going to have issues, does it?
1: No.
0: It says we're going to have trials and tribulations, but Jesus is worth it. What's waiting on us in heaven is worth it, folks. It's worth it. So the second chapter changes gears a little. It gets into like a a warning, if you will. Some danger. So anytime I hear about a warning, I want to listen close. Right? So listen close this morning. And I pray that God will use me as his instrument this morning to give you the message. So we'll read a few verses here in the second chapter of Hebrews. Got the ESV this morning. Therefore, going back again to chapter 1, all that stuff we just talked about. Therefore, we must pay close attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution... How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? And we'll actually stop right there for right now. Really good, good Scripture, though, talking about drifting away and, and neglecting such a great salvation. What do you, what's the first thing you think about when you think about drifting away? And you can actually talk. This is interactive. What do you think about? It? It's Gradual, slowly drifting away. So who, who thinks about, I've got a crazy mind, as I think Tony said before, who thinks about Wilson, the volleyball floating, drifting away? <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of, is him drifting away. Wilson! I, I don't know why. The other thing I thought about is, we, it was a family trip several years ago, and I had anxiety, so I didn't want to do it. We went to Cumberland Falls, and we're on this little raft. Who knows what's in this water? And I didn't want to do it. We, we, we go right up to the bank of the, the falls. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. But if, just think if you got too close. Don't they warn you, like, I've never been to Niagara Falls, but got, about getting too close to the falls, like drifting too close? Isn't that, like, a dangerous? I would imagine it is. So drifting. I think there's some, some good aspects of drifting. Like, you know, Joe's over here drifting off to take a little nap, to, you know, relax. Who likes lazy rivers? Oh. Mm-hmm. Who likes just sitting at the ocean, just drifting, man? I love it. Those are the, some of the good things. But I think drifting, like Deanna said there, can be, also be a bad thing, and that's where that warning comes in here. Drifting away from Jesus is a very, very dangerous place to be. Drifting away. Drifting away from God's Word. And he, in fact, he's saying that we have to pay Careful attention. And going back to like the Greek and all that, there's the, the, the big word that caught my attention was super abundant attention. To me, that means it's very, very important. Super abundant attention. Much closer, greatly, exceeding attention to what we've heard. And what have we heard? We've heard the Gospel. Flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 real quick. Was thinking about this because we were talking at work the other day about, you know, the first importance or the most importance. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, starting at verse one. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand, and by the which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And then it goes on to talk about the people that had witnessed, you know, seen it all. That first importance is understanding who Jesus is and why He came here. He came here to take our place. There was a sin debt that we couldn't pay. He came here to take that away. And it's easy for us to drift away from that. I was just, I've been thinking about this the last few days. I was talking to a man about it last night. For all those of you that have been here for years, even going back to the old church, how many people can you think about, just like that, who have just slowly drifted away? They miss a week, they come a couple weeks, they kind of stop getting engaged. They come a week, they miss a week, they miss three weeks, and then eventually you never see them again. I don't know about you, but I think about a lot. Even recently I think about a lot of people, and it's really sad. It absolutely breaks my heart that people would just drift away. But, you know, you think about it. Do you think all of us have kind of slowly started drifting away from God? Do you think that? I don't know. I really struggle with it. I think, this is just Bob's opinion, I think the church has not made God's word a priority. I think we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. There's so many things in this world going on. And you know who's happy about it? Satan. He's very happy that there's so many options you can get into anymore. And and this is not to knock anyone. This is not to hurt anyone. I've done it for years with Rachel with sports. You know, you think you're doing the right thing for your kids. You really do. We, we thought we were doing the right thing. We thought Rachel's going to get a scholarship and go play softball for who knows who. And I look back and I'm like, I wish I could change that. I wish I could change that because this place is so much more important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be here every week is so much more important. And you know what else happened during that time? It was easy for us To drift away. It was easy for us to not be in God's word because we knew we weren't going to church Sunday. Right? Easy to drift away. But it's a struggle. We all get tired. We all get weary. We're all persecuted in some fashion. Wouldn't it be easier sometimes just to say, I'm just going to wash my hands all this. I'm going to throw in the towel. easy to drift away and if you haven't drifted away be very careful because it is easy to drift away some of us in here this morning may be drifting away slowly away from God's word I have I hid in Patty's Sunday school class for 10 years while Rachel was in there probably longer than that actually it's easy to drift away but there's danger there. There's danger there. Pay attention. How many things get in the way? How many things get in the way? You need to think about this for a minute. How long are you at church on a Sunday? One hour, two hours—that's another thing. If you don't come to Sunday school, you're missing out. You are absolutely missing out. We've been having some great discussions. Brother Ryan's been doing a great job in here. You've been missing out, but don't don't not come because of just goofy reasons. Well, I just really ain't getting nothing. Well, get something. It's on you. Get engaged. Sunday night, same thing. We would love to see every single person here on a Sunday night. You know, we were talking about the having a you know the carry-in, and I love doing different stuff. You know me. Let's have it after church on Sunday morning. I tell you what, let that load of laundry go and come back on Sunday night. Why can't we do that? It's an hour. It's an hour. So two hours in the morning, one hour in the evening. Come. Be here. If you've got something better to do, your priorities are not right. Mm-hmm. They're not. And you could be slowly drifting away from God. Again, I'm sorry I don't mean to offend anyone or anything like that, but I really believe that's what God's put on my heart. Mm-hmm. Be here. He loves you. He died for you. We love you. Come. And you're like probably like, well, you spent three years watching softball on Sundays. I did, and I regret every minute of it. Not that I regret being with my family. I regret not being here. Because it's that important. How can you go through the week? In fact, I've been thinking about a Wednesday night. We'll see how that goes coming up. How can you go through the week? I mean, we remember in Sunday school class we did the calendars. Not many people are making time for God anymore, folks. and it's sad. It's sad. It is sad. Open your Bibles, get in the word, pray, meditate, talk to him. Why is it so hard? Priorities. That's why. It's not a priority anymore. God's not happy about that. But Satan is. He wants us distracted. He wants us going everywhere in the world. Priority. His Word is the priority. Again, this right here. Get in. It's a funny, funny question. How many stories are in the Bible that you just never really heard of? Is that just me? Take the time to dig in. And then really until you dig in, that sitting there reading for five minutes, you got to dig in. We've been doing a little, little Bible study. It's been great. Absolutely great. But until you dig in, it's just so hard to really grasp what God's trying to tell you in all of it. I really feel like a lot of it's become less and less important. Less and less of a priority. When did we stop making God's Word a priority? When basketball started on Sundays? When wrestling started on Sundays? I've done it. I've done it. When did it become okay just randomly miss on a Sunday morning? And again, I know we all got things going on vacations and work and everything else. When did that become okay? Is it because we think we're okay? Again, it's just a couple of hours. When did it become okay that we stopped obeying God and doing what we want to do? Folks, that's sin. That is sin. And I really truly believe the devil is deceiving us to tell us it's okay. I really believe that. It's okay. It's just church. Alan Iverson, it's just practice. It's just church. Brothers and sisters, it's not just church. We are serving the almighty God. And it's that important. It's that important. It's a priority. How can you get close to God if you're not taking the time to read His Word and pray and talk to Him? How can you? If I'm not talking to Amanda, we're not, our relationship's not where it should be. How, how can you be getting close to Him if you're, not, if you're not taking the time to dig into His Word and talk to Him and pray? Why do we, why do we neglect prayer? It is so good to talk to Him. To know that He's in control of everything. We neglect it. Which we'll get into a little bit of that in a minute. So moving on. Second and third verse there. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Mm-hmm. You now going back to that Old Testament law, Every sin merited some type of penalty. And what was it, the, the guys that didn't that touch the I can't even think of stuff. They died right there because they disobeyed. They died right there. The old law was reliable, was steadfast. That's some of the terms that they used there. And everything every sin received that retribution. How much more dangerous is when we don't obey God? When we don't obey Jesus? Folks, there's nothing else coming after Jesus. That's it. That's it. Such a great salvation. And really, if you think about it, if we got what was fair, eternal death and hell. Our sin equals death and hell. That's what we deserve. But God. But God. was rich in mercy. That grace of God. And you know, I don't know here if these Jewish folks were kind of on the border of accepting Christ it feels like they were kind of... And maybe they even went through some of the motions. I mean, we've also seen that. Maybe they went through the motions of accepting Him. The The motions of accepting Him. They heard the opportunity. They heard the message. They heard, you know, Jesus came to die on, on, on the cross and take our place. About His grace and mercy and everlasting life. Maybe they even went through the steps, like I said. But for this Scripture to be here, something wasn't quite right. Something wasn't quite right. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Now, I absolutely believe salvation is eternal. If you are saved, you are saved forever. Because we don't hold it, He does. Just want to get that out there. I'm not saying, well, you can lose your salvation. That's not what I'm saying at all. Which a lot of people believe that that you can lose it. If it was up to us. We would lose it. We'd lose it every day. But you can't. He holds it. The question, though, that you have to ask yourself, and again, I don't know if this is where they were going there. When you were saved, did something change? Did your heart change? Did you change from the inside out? Are you different? I don't know if you remember when the apostles got the Holy Spirit. Everything changed. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it says when you have that, you're a new person. That old creature has passed away. Only you know that. Only you and God know that. I don't know that. I don't know if that's what they were talking about here or not. But it's a dangerous place to be. It's a very dangerous place to be. The other dangerous place to be, you come here every single week. You hear the gospel presented every single week. God speaking to your heart every single week. And you don't accept it. Mm -hmm. That's also a very dangerous place to be. Because you're not promised for Him to come passing through again. He's passing through here today. If He's talking to your heart, accept Him. You'll never ever regret it. Neglect of great salvation. And that salvation is great. It is absolutely amazing. But again, does your life show that evidence? We always say, well... If you're saved, you don't necessarily have to do works. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. If you have the love of Jesus inside you, it should be bursting out. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It should be bursting out. Someone should be able to tell the difference without you going and banging them over the head with the Bible that there's something different about you. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? There should be something different about us Christians. Not that we're out picking in with gay signs and everything else. We should be showing the love of Christ to everyone. Everyone that we come in contact with. Again, very, very dangerous place to be. In fact, it says there is no escape. There's no escape. Maybe you've accepted Him as your your Savior, but not necessarily your Lord. He's got to be both. He's got to be Savior and Lord. It doesn't work the other way. You can't call Him your Savior, but you keep calling the shots. That does not work. And you have to wonder, they're on the fence there. And again, that's between them and God. Did you receive that salvation? Did you actually get it? There should be some evidence, folks. There should be some evidence. And in the same situation as earlier, I just picture people over the years in my head that have come here, have went through the the steps. You felt like they they got saved never come back. You never see them again. Or they're on fire for two or three weeks and then they're gone. You never see them again. And we don't know if they went somewhere else. I was told one time, well, I'm just getting fed at home, listening online. Oh, Okay. Alright. I just, I picture those people, and it just absolutely breaks my heart. I don't know if they got it or not. I know they're not here. I know they're not hearing the word. Dangerous places. Dangerous places. I think it's sad that today a lot of churches are in that condition. I'm not saying that everybody's drifting away or, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of proclaimed Christians that are slowly drifting away from God. Now, the question is, how can you overcome that stuff? We've already mentioned some of it. Read your Bible. Open it up. How many people have been in here that have went to someone's house and saw a Bible sitting on the table? Oh, that's pretty. That's nice.
1: What are you getting out of it?
0: I've been to people's houses that don't go to church and they have a Bible sitting there. I'm like, what? But again, I'm just as guilty. Pick it up and read it. Get down on your knees and pray out. Cry out to Him. Talk to Him. Come to church.
1: Come to church.
0: I don't know about everybody else, but I absolutely love Sunday school and I absolutely love Sunday night service. Love it. Come. A couple other things. Be obedient to His call. I honestly believe there's people here that God's calling out to, whether to be saved or to do something else. He's not going to stop calling people. His will will be done. Obey it. Obey that call. We're still looking for a missions leader. We're still looking for reach-out leader. We're still looking for junior reach-out leader. Women, men. God's calling, folks. Obey that call. Whatever it is. Sister Bonetta and, and the mentoring women, come. Next Sunday, we're going to have pizza and everything for the husbands and children. Women, get involved. You know, Ryan taught a few weeks ago about about, about spiritual gifts. Start using them. Start using them. You might even get a song out of me every now and then. Even though it scares me to death. And I would probably just cry. But we really need to get serious about the gospel. We really do. You're probably all thinking I'm crazy, and that's fine. I think sometimes we just play church I feel like we play church it's a serious thing God's word is a serious thing and we can drift away or we can neglect it the other thing that we can do and it sounds really simple but for some reason we don't do it and I think it's the cause of some of our drifting away is repent isn't it easy to drift away when you just eh Eh. Yeah, I did that, man. I'm not going to repent. You grow numb to it. Kind of the same thing as not being here. You kind of grow numb to it. I really think that's a lot of what he's talking about here. Found a quote by A.W. Tozer, and this really says it all. The complacency of Christian is the scandal of Christianity. Time is short and eternity is long. The awareness of sin used to be our shadow. Christians hated sin, feared it, flew from it. But now the shadow has faded. Nowadays, the accusation you have sinned is often said with a grin. That's sad. That's very sad. But time is short. There is a day coming, right? like I said a few weeks ago. He's going to stand up. When that happens, it's going to be too late to make it right. It's going to be too late. That stuff causes us to drift away and neglect a great salvation. So a few questions for you to consider. And again, this is between you and God. I, I have to do the same thing. I have to consider these two. Because the devil is really good at trying to convince you either you're not good enough, you're not saved, you're not this, you're not that, or that's okay, you're alright, let's go do that. How many people in here that are saved has the devil tried to convince you that you're not? Me? How many people in here that have done something for God Satan has tried to tell you you're terrible at that? He's a deceiver. He wants us in that condition. Because when we're in that condition we're no good for God. I'm going to tell you I feel like I am terrible at this. But the, if there is one person that accepts salvation because of something I said because of God leading me, folks, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. It's all worth it. And again, please, I apologize if i crossed the line anywhere. I was just following God. Some things we, need, we just need to say sometimes. That's why I like Sunday school and Sunday night because we can say those things. We can be in a small group where we love each other. We can talk about anything. And that's what we need to start doing. We need to start talking about anything and get serious. Who hasn't messed up in here? No no hands. We've all messed up. Every single one of us. So what if I was a recovering alcoholic and Ryan's struggling with alcohol? He wouldn't know he can come to me. Let's get real. We all mess up. Any of you teenagers? I was an idiot as a teenager. If you want some advice, come to me. I can tell you what not to do. That stuff's important. So the first question. Have you truly been born again? That is a very, very important question. Eternity is at stake. Have you been born again? Did your life change? For many years, mine didn't. I was kind of going through the motions. Like I said, I was hiding in Patty's class. Second question. If you have accepted that gift gift of grace, did it change your heart? Because if it didn't change you, something's not right. Kind of like I said earlier, something's not right. Did it change your priorities? Did it change your perspective of things? If you think you can come in here and get saved and go out that door and live exactly the same way you were living, you are absolutely wrong. That's not how it works. After you're saved, you're His. That's what He had to remind me of when I was in my early 20s. Remember, son, you're mine. To do what I want you to do. Not what He wants to do. What I Yeah, you know what I mean. Or the third, are you in a condition where you're saved? And for whatever reason, you're slowly starting to drift away. You're not reading your Bible. You're not praying. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Again, only you know that. You and God. Are you in that situation? Because again, those are dangerous places to be. Drifting from God. And if you're drifting from God, you're drifting from your church family. The great news this morning is every one of those can be resolved right here, right now. Every single one of them. You can be saved right here, right now. Just have to accept that call. You can be forgiven. Right here, right now, Amen. you can get back on track. Right here, right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Isn't that great? Yes. Amen. Isn't that great? How I mean, many times I tell you when I'm just studying through the week, I just gotta fall down. God, forgive me. God, help me. I'm weak. I'm weary. He's He's strong. He can get you through anything. Folks, let's not drift away. Let's not neglect that salvation. It's real. If you've been saved, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's real. Brother Joe, would you get one verse of a song as we all stand? I want to give that opportunity this morning to make it right with Him in either of those fashions. Come up here we'll pray with you. We'll pray with you after service. Just make it right. And don't walk out that door today unless you
1: know Him. Brother Jim.